Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Maggie Crane. She is a strategic planner and communicator with more than 12 years of proven success developing communications for broadcast, print, and social media, as well as internal and external branding. She leads communications for the Innovation Economy Builder, BioSTL, and its initiatives in investment, inclusion, and international company attraction. Whoa, Maggie. <laughs> that was a lot. Just a few, just a few things. <laughs> just, I'm a little bit busy, right? Hello. Hi, thanks. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So let me start by saying that um, I, you are going to be a part of our upcoming TEDx Gateway Arch event. Think well. You are going to be hosting from the stage. How's that feeling? Oh, I'm so excited. I think that seeing all of these phenomenal speakers that you guys have lined right? up is just, it's incredible. And I love the fact that they're right here in St. Louis. And oh. we kind of get to meet people who are our neighbors, whether in business or literally next door neighbors in your own community, right? Um, so many people are doing such neat things from right here in St. Louis. So being able to show that off is something I'm l- really looking forward to. It's right. It's our favorite thing. That's why we do what we do. Um, and I'm not going to be there missing. So thank you because you're like you're like doing the introduction part that I usually do. I'm going to be in New York at TED Fest, so I'm representing TEDx there. Um, but I might show up a little bit at our event. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Who I'm looking forward to some videos. Maybe hmm? yeah, I'm going to hmm? learn how to bio. Locate. Okay. <laughs> Might be something it's, to that. It's a talent. <laughs> um, but anyway, so tell us about BioSTL. Yeah. So BioSTL is a nonprofit that really got its start in 2001 with the direction of Dr. Bill Danforth. And he kind of had this vision of looking around St. Louis and looking at its strengths. And it was really in bioscience. You look at the strengths of WashU and SLU, these great medical schools and hospitals, BJC. And as well as Monsanto and the Danforth Plant Science Center that then came out of it. We have so much strength in medical and agriculture in particular, the biosciences. Right. So it, it became a, okay, what, what is this new, what, what can we do to, to bolster this, this economy and really build our innovation economy around bioscience? So BioSDL has had its hand in anything that the innovation economy really needs to succeed. So whether it's capital formation, building new companies, physical space, Cortex, the biogenerator labs, you have to have somewhere to go to do this type of research. BioSDL has had had a hand in all of that. Here just in 2014, it grew to attracting international companies as well, recognizing that there are other places in the world that we have some really good synergies. So it started in Israel, where we have a lot of the same strengths. Really? As Israel, yeah. And Israel's considered... Startup Nation. It actually has a name and is really only second to Silicon Valley and the term in terms of the output of of new startups, new ideas that come out of so and you, yeah, well, especially when you think of how small it is, right? Yeah. But in order for Israel companies to Israeli companies to grow, they also need to have a foothold in the United States. So we kind of make this value proposition to them and say, hey, we can help you grow, but we want you to do it from St. Louis. So we'll find something. We'll kind of take like a shopping list uh-huh. of from our own company. So we go to all the bigs. We go to Express Scripts and Centene and BJC, WashU and SLU, SSM and Mercy, 
all these phenomenal healthcare institutions that we have right here in St. Louis and say, what are your pain points? What are you trying to solve? We'll help you solve them. So we'll go out and headhunt these so companies. Proactive. Yeah, you I know, love and it, that. And it's, and it's paying dividends. We're really seeing the 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 payoff in that. Um, we'll find companies that that can fix their little problems. And we'll make this connection directly to decision makers. So oftentimes, you know, one of the problems that startups have is they might be knocking on doors for six months to a year before they're actually talking to someone who can make a decision. Right. We make that connection for them straight to the top, straight to the decision makers nice. so that they can get deals done. So most recently, uh, a couple that that have made the news um, is a company called Atomation. Guy Weitzman, the CEO, has picked up his family from Tel Aviv. And moved to St. Louis. And he is one of the biggest boosters now of St. Louis and its innovation economy. He wants to make St. Louis the next startup nation. And we welcome him with open arms. Heck yeah, how but exciting. It's, but it's so neat. Just, and he brought his two little kids and they're at Mirowitz School and thriving and they're loving it here. We also made a deal for WashU with MD Clone, which is a, a big data platform. To you know, Every time that you and I go to the doctor... Right. We're, there's they're they're typing in data, Be- besides just our age, height, and weight. But you know what our blood pressure was, what's what's ailing us, what drugs we're on. They have all this information on us, and then you take it into something like an intensive care, and you think of all the machines that are always hooked up to us, right? And what kind of information is being gathered? But because of HIPAA rules, there's no real good way of getting all of that information into a usable form for exactly. researchers that can help develop cures for cancer and everything else. Right. So this platform, this MD clone platform out of Israel helps do that by creating what they call synthetic data. It it is stripped away of all of the things that make us us except for the data that is associated with us. Oh cool. Yeah. So you can draw a lot of information from that. Yes, and I those. exactly. Yeah. And ideally it's going to help researchers better be able and more quickly identify problems that they can then create solutions for. So this is satisfying on so many levels because yeah. <laughs> one, I mean, you know, it's helping the startups. It's it's um, looking at proactively at here's the problem and we need a solution. And oh, would these people just happen to be working on that? Um, mm-hmm. And then you're adding to the diversity of our city. Yes, you know, and I mean, as a Midwest city, it's it's we, like we 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 want to have more diversity here. It's we haven't we have, but we it's, I still feel like we're kind of like off in our own little corners. I would it, I'm hoping that this kind of thing, and then what TEDx is doing as well, is just really getting everybody to show up at the same places. Yeah, you well, know, and, and not only diversity of of bringing in international companies, but also diversity and inclusion and equity building within our own ecosystem. You're speaking my language. <laughs> it's so important, right? Um, so if, back in 2008, BioSTL recognized inclusion as an imperative to economic growth to say, hey, we're, we're, we're leaving people with ideas behind if we don't give them a pathway into this ecosystem. If they can't see themselves as a scientist, as an engineer, as a mathematician, what what are we losing by by doing this? So they started very intentional steps to build awareness within the community and also create systemic pathways to change to get more people in. And we've been seeing some some incredible incredible women and underrepresented minorities, African Americans coming into the system, making huge changes and differences, and really building their own 
companies and therefore then hiring people as well. It's been really fascinating. Oh my gosh. We have to talk more about this. We're going to take a quick break. We will be right back with Maggie Crane. Are back with Maggie Crane. So at the break, we were talking about regionalism, and I said, "Stop," because I think that this is a really good thing to talk about. So, 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 tell us. Well, sure. So I'm I'm just a huge proponent of regionalism. I live in the city. I worked for the city, but I also used to be a reporter at Channel Four, and I saw the region as a whole. I now, you know, work in St. Louis County. I grew up in St. Charles, where my mom owns a cafe on the historic district of Main Street. So okay. I've seen it tell all. Us what cafe? It's called Magpies. All right. It's named after yours truly. She oh, opened it when I was two. That's F- really now a phenomenal. I want to go and it's be like, hey, I know Maggie. Just saying. <laughs> If I do say so myself, I might sound biased, but it really is a cute little place. But, you know, I grew up coming to the city for everything. Um, I've been going to Faux Grand since I was six because it was my mom's favorite restaurant. Yes. Oh, I love that restaurant. Yeah, it used to be... um, um, 09 was shaking beef. That's what I used to get when I was six. I've since, you know, expanded (laughs) my horizons, but at any rate. But, but, you know, I think that... um, we are just hurting ourselves when we when we talk about things um, in 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 such a fractured nature. It is it's an economic imperative that that we get our act together as a region. Other regions, uh, municipalities, and and their counties um, have have done that. Uh, we've seen what Indianapolis and Memphis and other other areas have done. Um, Louisville as they as they as they came together as an entire community and what that did for the entire region as a whole. Um, you know, I also think that that you you look at the the redlining and segregation that has happened to our region as a whole yeah. over decades and decades and decades. I think it's our responsibility to change that, to make amends for things that happen in our past that we can't control, but we can control our future. Exactly. And I think that that's where things get really important. I bring up McKenzie. Um, just today, they are actually going to the polls to decide whether or not to disincorporate. McKenzie has something like 94 people oh. create their municipality. And you think of all the things that must happen in order for a city or a village, in this case, to run. Right. Well, the, the, the trustees who are running McKinsey are in a self-described elderly. It's They say it's difficult. We don't want to do it. And nobody is stepping up. But Mish, it's going to take, it's going to take people actually showing up to the polls, even to be able to dissolve, even to be able to disincorporate and go back into un- unincorporated St. Louis County and receive county services. So people have to show up to vote. Right. But it's going to be decided by less than 20 people. That's how tiny we're talking oh here. Oh my gosh. Like, is that really, is that good government? Is right. that, is, is, is that it does, smart? It doesn't make sense. Right. Is it, yeah. So, you know, I think that, um, you know, I think some of it's going to be baby steps like this. Um, I think it was, you know, St. George has, has um, decided to um, 
go back to St. Louis County, unincorporated St. Louis County, Upland Park tried and not enough people showed up to the polls to get that threshold vote that they needed. So I think that some of these smaller municipalities are realizing this isn't sustainable. This isn't very good government. Are we providing the best to our, our communities? Now, citizens will often say, you know, they, they want to keep government as close as possible so that they can call you, right? They can call you directly, <laughs> right. knock on your door, et cetera. Right. Um, but, you know, we have we have super strong representation throughout our entire region. There's something like 547 um, aldermen and councilmen throughout St. Louis County alone. Gosh. 547. That's, I mean, from Wildwood to Afton to Blackjack. to uh, Yeah. To Clayton and Kirkwood. Do they all agree with each other? And- <laughs> well, it, well, you know, for their own tiny little piece of the world. <laughs> right, you yeah, know, exactly. Sure, there, there exactly. might be some. Um, but, I, but I think that, that, you know, the work of Better Together has been incredibly valuable. Exactly. Um, and, you know, and, and, and looking at just the facts, ma'am. Here, they they did tons of research. When I was working for Mayor Slay, they would do sunshine requests, just asking for budgets and documents and manning tables and the like to try to figure out, okay, how how much are we paying for services? And are those services equitable? Are they getting to everybody in our entire region so that the entire region can thrive? And those those documents exist so that we can have a talent, a, 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 a a talk that is um, informed, an informed discussion on on what is the ba- best path forward for our region. And it's, I mean, you know, how many how many times do we have to have the lesson of better together is really true. I mean, we we really are connected, and you have to act as a community, a team, if you will. I mean, even just within you know our our little like our offices, you know. I mean, when the team isn't on the same page, and it's just there's like egos flying everywhere, and no one's like, okay, it it doesn't work. And you need all the different, as we say, skill sets. So in so in this right. instance, we need all the different types of people. There's a reason why there's lots of different types of people because if there was only one type, it'd be super boring. And we, exactly. <laughs> what would we do? It would not be fun exactly. at all. Exactly. So, you know, it's like get everyone together on this. And yeah, then you have strength. Yeah. That's so, how you develop that foundational strength. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, even I, I was, I was, so encouraged to um, have landed at an organization like BioSTL that really looks at the breadth of the region. You know, it's a regional entity. It's for it is for lifting all boats everywhere. Yes. Um, yes. You know, obviously we're, we're we're trying to take on our our little corner of the world and and trying to be very very direct and mindful of of staying in bioscience and the innovation economy because you know that's that's our area of expertise. But understanding too that even within that little wedge of the pie that you have to you have to bring everyone together around it no you know no matter where this is happening uh throughout our region we want everybody to be successful and we want everybody to have a pathway forward to success exactly and so you so BioSL reaches out but do uh, people also come to you yeah so so my colleague, Dr. Cheryl Watkins-Moore, also does a podcast called Entrepreneurially Thinking. Okay. And it's an awareness builder. So oftentimes we're, we're, we're just trying to build awareness. You know, do, do you know that this exists, that this is a pathway for you, that you can do this? Have you considered it? Is this even on your radar? Right. So we've got different events that happen throughout the year, as well as this Entrepreneurially Thinking podcast. They also do Evening With series, which is an evening with 
an entrepreneur, a CEO, but always an African-American or a woman to say, you know, that, that whole idea of you can't be what you can't see. Right. We want you to see it. We want you I to know it. that this can happen. Yes. And then, so so there have been a couple of young women who have come to us that way through the, hey, I heard you on this podcast. I have this idea. What do I do now? We have this, you know, kind of a hand-holding process, really, called fundamentals. And our mentors will meet directly with entrepreneurs to hear them out, hear about their ideas, put them on that right path, help them with a business plan, help them to develop the skill set that they need to be a successful entrepreneur. And then we also have grants, non-dilutive grants to help a company get started. There are a lot oh. of things that you need, right? To, to, you need money to, to, oh, yeah, to get into right. business. You have to, exactly. Yeah, and it, it's out there. And 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 BioSTL and, and our investment arm BioGenerator, which also has our fundamentals program kind of nestled within it, have those have those um, abilities right there to be able to help the next the next entrepreneur. Oh my gosh, I so love that you guys are doing this, and I so love that it's that you're you that people can come to you and say I've got an idea, and that there is a path for them. That there's you know we've got this. It's this is the process. Let's get you moving. I and love it's, it. And it's open every day. It's not one of those things where you have to be, you know, you have to get in at this Sedate. tiny little. Yeah, Bring your PowerPoint. A, yeah, it's, it's not a competition. It's it's a rolling thing, understanding that business happens all day, every day, and ideas are happening all day, every day. So we want to hear about them. Very fluid. I love it. All right. We're going to be back with Maggie Crane in just a moment. Okay, we are back with Maggie Crane. It's question time, ma'am. Uh-oh. So, all right. So you talked about working for Mayor Francis Slay and you ta- and that you ran social media. All right. I got to tell you, I had a tiny little taste of this. There was a, a, a woman that was running for a judge in Jefferson County, and I worked with her on her social media, and that page kept me up at night. So... Tell me about running social media for a mayor. So I did not run social oh, media okay. specifically for him. Okay. I did a lot of policy, wrote speeches, um, helped him through policy decisions and so forth. Um, mayor Slay would actually keep up his own Twitter page pretty pretty well. If you That's saw awesome. hashtag FGS, that was him, Francis G. Slay. Okay. He was writing all of those. Now, there would, of course, be times where I'd suggest... Hey, Mr. Mayor, um, this is this is a hot topic today. Right. Here are some suggested tweets. Here are some things that you might want to consider. Sometimes he'd take it verbatim if it was really well written, and sometimes he'd rewrite them. Gotcha. So, so, but oftentimes, the majority of the time, he was handling it himself. That says a lot, and and it's interesting because um, when I was working with this woman, I, I told her I said, "People are there is no way I can answer." the questions that people are going to ask on this page. And it, and I guarantee you that if you go in there and answer these, it will be noticeable. And she did. She won. So I think that I think there's always like that that fine line, and this kind of goes for for anything. I I think I think that there's the don't feed the trolls, and you can tell the uh, people yeah, who are no, just no. there to troll. They're they're they, they're not there to advance an actual no, discussion. They, there's no there's no part of the conversation. They just are they're ridiculous. Right. So you know, understanding 
the different, you know, who who's just out there to troll, but right. also, you know, making sure that you're also providing good information. Exactly. So if somebody does ask a question, I'd want to make sure that I was firing back with the right answer, with resources for them, a link to something that they could read further on, Perfect. sign up for something, et cetera. So, so always making sure that you're trying to get, you know, good, solid information out there that is usable to your audience. I agree. I have to tell you, she was really funny because she, she's a beautiful woman. Her name is Kathy Hardy Sinkle. And we would get these people on there be like, oh, I'll be in your court anytime, little gal, <sighs> you know, like that. You know, yeah. and she would just go, LOL, vote. <laughs> <laughs> I, just Good thought, for her. She, I know. I was like, perfect. Okay. That's the perfect way to answer it. And authentic. Yes, exactly. Um, okay, so let's talk about the entrepreneurs in the biotech space. And, and you you did actually answer this in so many ways, but but do you have any just like absolute, This please take this advice, people. Do you have that Ooh, kind of advice for them? Try. Try. I, I mean, I think that a lot of times it, that we all have some kind of an idea somewhere that is sitting on a back burner or we scribble down on a napkin at a bar one night. Yep. I have one. I have one that is, this, you know, I, I noticed it in the kitchen and thought, you know, I should really do something about this. I have it. I should take my, that own advice and try. Uh, but I, but I, you, I do kind of wonder, you know, what types of ideas are potentially on a back burner that somebody hasn't explored. I agree. And it's difficult because sometimes you start to question yourself like, oh, this probably isn't good. Never, if I say this, it might come off dingy. It's hard. I mean, it's hard to do it, but... It's interesting because every time I've had that little voice in my head that says, oh, just maybe not. And, I, and then I think, I, no, I, I, but I, it's kind of pushing me. Like, and then I just say it and, and people are like, oh my gosh, it's so great that you said that. I'm like, oh, whew, whew. <laughs> <laughs> yay, I'm glad yes. that I said that. <laughs> so uh, looking at your LinkedIn, I saw that you had this fun fact about that Obama, you have a connection to Obama. Let's, let's tell, let's tell the connection. I was um, sitting on my couch watching a presidential address to the nation. You know, I was running on two, four, and five, and I hear something very familiar. And all of a sudden, my phone starts blowing up a text messages from all of my colleagues in the mayor's office and said, do you realize that the president of the United States of America just said what you wrote I rewound it and recorded it. Yeah, <laughs> said, oh my, yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, it was during Ferguson, and um, it was it, it was a, it was a time when you know President Obama was uh, um, among among his best. Um, he's he has he's had many bests, right? But among his best of talking to the nation, um, a divided nation that was hurting and needed some healing, and it was a speech that I had written and. Um, the president's office had been in touch with with Mayor Slay and had asked for um, some some different information and materials and you know what 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 was he saying what was the messaging that we were putting out and um, it it worked its way into a presidential speech. Oh my gosh! So yeah. what did I mean? What was that feeling of those are my words and they're coming out of President Obama's mouth? <laughs> well, I cried. <laughs> oh, I did. I it, was, totally it was it was, it was emotional, uh, but it was emotional because of of it was emotional the, the at the very moment that I wrote to them. It wasn't just emotional hearing it coming out of the president's mouth, but it was emotional when I when I wrote them. Right. Um, it was it was words that I was that I was helping Michael Brown's father um, through when he was looking to to talk to his community. And um, as you can imagine, you know, when when you have suffered such a, a tragic, terrible loss and the whole world's attention is on you. Um, sure. oh it was gosh. it was something I, where it's gotta be 
that just has to feel so chaotic. I, I, I can't. I, I can't imagine. It's overwhelming. I just. I just can't imagine. Um, you know, anybody for, un, under any circumstance losing a child. No. Um, and and especially you know, with, with the world's attention on it. Right. Um, so, so he and I were working together and um, he had some words that he wanted to say. So some of it was, it was really me just listening to what, what he wanted to say and helping him to find those words to say it. Wow. Well, that's impressive, ma'am. And awesome. He is impressive. Yeah. Very cool. But that's so yeah. cool. I love it. Well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. You went through your questions quick, so I can ask some more, right? Well, <laughs> no, course. so just tell us, I mean, um, you. It, I feel like you have a lot of passion for St. Louis, uh, that you're, you you love it here. I mean, just share with us some of your favorite St. Louis stuff. Ah, gosh, that's a tough one. I do love St. Louis. I moved around um, for work after college and decided to come back here. And it was um, a much different city when I came back than it was when I left. And to see it's, I, th I think that that a lot of St. Louisans take St. Louis for granted, mm -hmm. um, especially if you haven't had that opportunity to move out or to travel. Um, we have, in my in my mind, without a doubt, unparalleled cultural institutions. Um, I was just in Chicago to see Hamilton before it came here, and you know we're at this beautiful theater that pales pales in comparison to the Fox Theater. Wow. You look at at the at the St. Louis Symphony consistently ranked in the, you know, top 1, 2, 3 in the world. And it's it's right up the street from us. Yeah. And then of course, you know, the, the art museum, the zoo, the botanical garden, all the, all of these things. And then you have the quirky City Museum. Right. I, I can't miss an opportunity to go to the City Museum. If I've got friends in town, I say, oh, you want to you wanna, you wanna play? Just Let's wear go knee here. pads. Oh, an elbow <laughs> pads and a mouth guard and everything else. But, but you know, that's part of its its charm, right? Right. Um, but, we, you know, and, and what they've done with um, with the arch and the entire mall there is, is really just incredible. And, you know, remembering, too, that these are these were not just taxpayer dollars, but it was also... Um, philanthropy dollars that came into it too, but St. Louis should be very proud. They paid for this. They they chose to make this investment in St. Louis, and you know I just like to see even even more of that. I love it. I agree. I love St. Louis. Obviously, I'm the same way. I just I love it here. I did the same thing. I moved away and came back. Uh, I was like, yeah, this is nice. Mm, really, just want to go home. I mean, there's just so much to be said about our region and what we're and now what we're doing. Oh my gosh, I am so glad I came back because and it's neighborhood just by exciting. neighborhood, right? Like every little neighborhood has its own little thing. Of yes. course, I hit all the you know the the bigs, right? But right. it's also the institutions that are that are within each neighborhood. You could name one neighborhood. And I could I could give you my favorite place in each of them, right? Right. Uh, it's that type of thing we were talking about Crown Candy earlier. Like, what an institution right. and what a stronghold for for North St. Louis. Awesome. Well, Old everybody North. go to Magpies. <laughs> <laughs> that would we'll be, be my there, favorite Mom. there. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and also please come see Maggie Crane. She will be on our stage. Uh, introducing all of our amazing speakers at our upcoming Think Well event on April the 12th at the Sheldon. Thank you, Maggie. Thank you very much. I look forward to TEDx Gateway Arch. Awesome. Everybody out there, have fabulous days. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>